Man, it's a good day. It's a really good day. Um, we've been talking, if you've been here, we've been talking about the book of Acts for the last couple months now uh, in our small groups, in our church services. So we're going to go into that a little more. If you weren't here uh, last week, Pastor Crystal, Pastor Aslan, depending on the service you're at, talked about from Saul to Paul and the relationships that he was involved in, what we're involved in, is an incredible sermon. Like Hannah was saying, go back online. All of them are on there. You can, they're, they're sermons that'll change your life, and you can, you can let, dig into your heart and, and change you. Um, today, we're going to talk about the heart of change. So we're actually taking Saul and um, looking at his life a little bit more, and how he lived after he changed, and what it was like from who he was before and who he was after and it's really exciting to me because if you look back through the book of Acts, if you look back through the early church, these are people taken out of a specific culture that had nothing to do with God. And they're put into a brand new kingdom, a whole new culture. They had to learn, they had to change, they had to continue to change. It wasn't just like, now I'm a Christian and everything's good. They, they had to continue to change. And that's what we're going to look at a little bit more. I mean, the Bible gets criticized for having slavery in it, for treating women the wrong way. But all through the New Testament, there's people that own slaves, God affected their lives, and now they start viewing human life in a different way. There's people that treated women the wrong way, God affected their life, and then they had to change. They started viewing marriage and women the right way. They're, over and over again, there's people changing um, the way the church dealt with money, the way people dealt with conflict, the way people handled relationships. Every aspect of their life had to change. And maybe if you're here today, that's, that's where you're at. Maybe I, I believe in God, and I, there's still stuff that's wrong. I don't know why. Stuff still needs to change. Um, you see people that were religious, that thought they were loving God and thought they were believing in God, and all of a sudden, they're changing to this new religion that they'd never experienced before. People that were non-religious, anti-religious, and they're changing into this new freedom that they've never felt before. So today, I want to I wanna dig into that a little bit. And I want to talk about the heart of change and what really changes us. Um, after Acts, we're going to get into some letters that Paul wrote and people wrote to the early church, encouraging them to continue to change over and over again what needs to change. And it's the same thing today. It, it, we don't just come to church, good Sunday service, I'm a Christian now, I never need to go back again. That's why we keep coming. We want to keep changing. If we've really been changed, we want to keep changing and keep getting closer to God. And that's what's been affecting my life and a lot of you guys. So let's get into it, all right? All right, we good? Okay, cool, good. So they said I teach kids church. So, I mean, kids are yelling. You guys got to yell with me a little bit and yell. All right, good. There we go. Not too much, though. <laughs> um, all right, so Saul to Paul. Acts, this is where Saul first comes on the scene. This is where we first meet him. This is where he first makes an appearance, and we find out who he is, and, and it tells us a little bit about him. He's there while they're killing a Christian. It says, while they were stoning him, while they were stoning Stephen, Stephen prayed, Lord, receive my spirit. Then he fell on his knees and cried out, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he said this, he fell asleep, and Saul approved of their killing him. Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. And then later, Saul was still breathing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. Wow. That guy, approving of killing Christians, destroying the church, putting men and women in, in prison, and murderous threats all around the world, all around the area, became this guy, what seemed like overnight, at once... 
He began preaching in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. The guy who was killing people that said that started preaching that. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. So you've got basically, and if you're looking at in our terms right now, in our world right now, you have a leader of ISIS turning to become a Christian and a preacher and an evangelist and going out there all of a sudden, a week later, preaching the gospel. That's, that's miraculous. And, and it seems like Paul didn't even, I mean, obviously didn't even want to change. He didn't want to do this. It's just God reached in, flipped his life upside down, and he was compelled to change. And I look at my life, and I want to get up a little bit earlier in the morning, and it's the hardest thing in the world to set my alarm 30 minutes. I'm just like, no, sleep longer. Like, I want to go for a run or work out more or eat the right way. I'm like, the ice cream in the fridge is like, eat me. And Paul converts miraculously, just, just like that, it seems like. And we want to make little changes in our life. And why is that so hard? I want to, I want to get into that, why, why change is so hard. Because I see people try, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer, and I, I work with people all the time that want to change. And I see people trying to change and trying to make a change, and it's, like I said, insignificant things compared to what Paul's going through, compared to these big, big, giant, miraculous changes, but they want to lose a couple pounds. They want to feel a little bit better. They want to play with their kids, right? Can anybody relate to this? You with me? All right. So, thank you. That was awesome. <laughs> Why is that so hard to change? If we're going to change, we have to admit that we're wrong. And it, admitting that you're wrong is the worst feeling. It, and maybe it's not just wrong, but you're not good enough you don't have what it takes, I'm not there yet. Like that is a horrible feeling to just to, to tell somebody, I'm no good, so help me change. Like, who does that? Nobody does that. It's always like, well, I'm pretty good. I just, just little things here and there, just little tweaks. Paul wasn't like that. And I look at some clients of mine in the past. Nobody here, nobody here, don't worry. Um, and in fact, just last week, I was talking to a lady. She wants to lose weight at, at my work and she tells me, Ryan, I want to lose some weight. So I say, great. How are your workouts going? What are you doing? She say, this is me and her, right? You good? <laughs> so she say, they're great. I work out all the time. Oh, good. How's your, that's awesome. How's your diet going? You, you, you eating right? Oh, yes. Everything is vegan. I'm a vegan. And I was like, oh, but how much weight do you want to lose? Like 50 pounds? I'm, like, she needs to lose weight. It's, it's a health issue now. She's like, like 50 pounds, but everything is vegan and organic. I say, like, vegan and organic, that's amazing. She's like, yeah, and gluten-free, dairy-free, I don't touch carbs, like my diet is great. And I'm just sitting here looking at her like, why haven't you lost the weight? And she won't admit that she's not doing something right. She, that, that, you know, alcohol is gluten-free, so uh, the wine she drinks is gluten-free, the Oreos are gluten-free, and I'm sure she's finding something that is organically sweet and nice, you know, but she won't admit that she won't, she said, well, I'm from California, so everything is organic, everything's gluten-free, everything, and that's the excuse over and over again, I'm all right. And Paul, if you look at Paul, he would not have said, you know, when I was like that before, I had the passion, and it was good. I was just a little misguided. You know, he, he said, well, I believed in God, but I didn't see the big picture. He wouldn't have said that. In fact, he said, parent of, <laughs> he said, 
He said, Christ came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. He, he could have said, I had passion, because Paul had passion. He could have said, I, I, was a, I, was, I had a good heart, and I hear that a lot. Like, man, that guy's got a good heart. He's just a little misguided. No, if we want to change, we have to have the attitude Paul had that Christ came into the world to save sinners. I'm the worst, and I have to change. Man. So there's things that we know that we have to change. There's things we know we should change. And like I said, Paul felt it even after this miraculous conversion. He felt it, and it's not easy. We feel it every day. Like, we should, we should do this. We shouldn't do that. I should work out more, like I was saying earlier. Or I shouldn't look at that on the internet. Or I shouldn't stay up so late. Or I shouldn't hang out with that person. I don't know what your should is or shouldn't is, but we all have them. And if you're really just honest, just for a second, you know what it is. And you've struggled with it. And Paul, Paul said later on, I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do what I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep doing what a wretched man I am. I've felt that way. I know a lot of you guys, we've talked, I, you've felt that way. And it's it's not enough just to say, man, I, I do bad things, but I'm a Christian, so it's okay. I do bad things, but, but Jesus will forgive me, so I don't have to worry about it anymore. That's taking his grace and, and the mercy that he has for us and shoving it aside and saying, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing because one day he'll forgive me, one day he'll change me. Maybe one day there'll be another miraculous thing that happens to me. But if we really believe and we wrestle with it like Paul did, when we fall into that sin and we feel that struggle, it's not, it's not just, well, one day that'll change, but man, I need to change. I have to change this. I can't let it take hold of me anymore. Uh, I heard a, a guy say a story one time about, um, about a fire. He said, you know what, a lot of time we look at sin and it's like not that bad. You know, it's just a little thing. It's just a one, one look, one bad thought. But if you're sitting in your house and there was a little tiny fire on your couch, you wouldn't sit there and say, Oh, it's okay, it's just a little fire. I'll just, I'll just let it sit there. It's not that bad yet, you know. Two minutes go by, the whole room is on fire. It's okay, it's just the living room. It's all right. It's just, I'll get it later. I'll get it. Do you see? Man, Paul took his change seriously, and, and Jesus says that we should too. And this verse in Matthew says, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members then it's your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away, for it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. And this is what Paul started, that's the attitude that he had. Is it anything that caused him to sin? And it's the attitude we have to have as Christians. It, it's, it's an act of worship to God. It's not enough just to say, I'm a Christian, and that's good. But when we leave here after we're done worshiping, how are we worshiping out in the world? We're going and we're getting rid of the things that are causing us to sin. We're going and we're, we're changing and we're actively trying to change. So I want to go back to the verse in um, Acts and see what Paul did once he changed. Because so we're going to look at um, what he did on the outside. We're going to dig a little deeper and we're going to dig a little deeper and then we'll be done. Sound good? Cool. All right. So in Acts, like I said, it said at once he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. At once, like right away. Like, he had three days blind, spent some time with the disciples, and then he started preaching. 
That's wild to me. Like, that's what he went and he did. So some, some of us might say, wow, I'm kind of like Paul. I hated Christians. Now I'm saved. I'll be like that. I'm going to go preach. I'm going to go do that. Or you could take it into your job and say, that's what my boss does, or that's what the best guy here does. They're incredible. I'm going to do what they do. And that's great. Imitation is a great way to change that. He started by watching the disciples. Imitation and copying and imitating and learning, that is a great way to change. Doing the actions and just being obedient helps a lot. But if it stops there, eventually it won't continue. If it stops there, eventually it, it turns into this, this like mask we have to put on every day. I'm just doing the thing that I don't feel like doing because that's the thing I have to do and I should do it. And you guys have felt that where you have to like, just save face and like, I know I'm a bad guy, but I better pretend like I'm a good guy because everyone thinks I'm a good guy, so I've got to keep doing the things. And you're like Paul from earlier, right? No, but is that just me? Am I the only horrible person here? Okay. And I felt this when, um, and maybe you've seen these. So how to be successful, how to be good. You see that like they're on Facebook, they're on Pinterest or whatever. I'm on, I'm on Facebook. I'm really not into all the other stuff. Um, but they're all over the place. So it's, how to start your day. 12 things successful people do differently. Successful people and unsuccessful people. A list lining up like, and I, I was getting into these for a while and I was writing to-do lists and if you've ever started to write a to-do list for, your, for a daily, I'm gonna do this every day, it all of a sudden like overwhelms you if that's all you're doing. If it's just the external stuff, it's like, well, I'm gonna read for 30 minutes every day and then I'm gonna pray for 30 minutes every day. Then I'm gonna work out for an hour every day and then I'm gonna spend time with my kids every day. I'm gonna eat healthier. I'm gonna do 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 And all of a sudden it's like, I don't even have time to sleep or go to work or anything because my to-do list is so long and I don't know what to do because if I don't do this stuff, then I'm not going to be successful and then everything's going to, so I'm just going to quit. Right? No. That's how I feel. So there's, there's something more than just the external, than just doing the stuff. And it, it, you've got to take it a step deeper. The, our internal thoughts, our internal change is more important than our external change. I believe. And I don't know what comes first. I had a debate with my brother-in-law about this. But um, if you have to believe the right thing before you do the right thing, or you do the right thing before you believe the right thing, I don't think that matters. What matters is if it stops on the external, if it stops on the things we just do, and it doesn't change our thoughts, it eventually won't last. Your belief will, will determine your behavior in the long run. So there's two things. I have water here, this is good. There's two things that I believe need to change in our thought life. There are two huge things, and, and it's at the heart of what was preached in the early church. It's all throughout the Bible. And, and the, the, the two thoughts are, what do you believe about ourselves, and what do we believe about God? And I've got some guys here that are in my group that um, work with the children's church that I've seen them come through some miraculous changes. I've seen them struggle through some practical changes. I've seen them work hard. I've seen them fail, and I've seen them be incredibly successful. And um, I want them to share with us um, what, what their thoughts are on this and how it's, how it's changed them. Because the first one, what needs to change in our thoughts about ourselves, the, the big theme here is we need to really believe that I'm not a slave. You have to believe that you're not a slave. So Luke is going to come and tell us about that. Luke Boyce. Um, basically, uh, I used to be a slave to my anger. I uh, would get angry at the stupidest little things, like 
It, it ranged from my mom asking me to do something to my siblings giving me a funny look. It got bad enough to where um, my mom would be going out to run an errand or something, and uh, she'd ask me to do something right before she left. And I wouldn't do it the whole time she was gone. When she came back, um, she asked me, just asked me why I didn't do it, and I would get mad at her. I would, I would uh, snap at her. I would yell at her just for asking me, not for telling me to, to stop what I was doing or, or just get up and do it right then. It was just for asking me the question. And um, that's about when I went on a Kids Encounter and I, I met Jesus and I started growing a relationship with God. And so after that, I started to, uh, when I got mad, I would go to my room, be by myself and uh, pray to God. I I just spend some time with God. And when I started doing that, I realized that I just wasn't getting as angry as much anymore. And when I did get angry, it was nowhere near as uh, as bad. And it just, it was amazing that once I started like growing a relationship with God, I wasn't a slave to my anger anymore. It was, uh, it was something special. That's cool. Man, thank you. Good job. Man. So, this is huge. I've seen that in his life, and you can talk to his sister and his brothers and his parents and see that change and ask them, is he telling the truth or not? Because that would be awful if I had someone come here and lie to you guys, you know? <laughs> but um, go talk to them. They're here. And uh, that's in the Bible. Like they said, hey, you don't believe me? Go ask this guy. That's, it's biblical. It's good. Um, we have to believe that we're not slaves. If you're a slave to your sin, you can't do anything but sin. If you're a slave to your anger, you can't do anything but get angry. If you're a slave to money, if you're a slave to your laziness, if you're a slave to to sex, to lo- whatever it is, you can't do anything but that. We have to find a way out of that. It's got to be something deeper in us that we have to believe that we're not slaves, that Christ shows us that we're not slaves to our sin. Um, the next thought about God. We need to believe that I do, not, I do not have to be in control. Matt Wentworth is here, and he's going to talk a little bit about not having to be in control. All right, Um, when I was in college, I didn't believe in God. I didn't believe God existed. Um, I thought the Bible was something that was made up to control people. Um, And over the next three years or so, those thoughts that I had were challenged, um, mainly by Ryan, but some other people as well. But um, they they were challenged. So I I started avoiding any conversation about the Bible or about God. I started... um, I, I wanted to find something that would validate what I thought was the truth, so I went and I ordered um, a book online about atheism. And the same week I ordered that book online, my brother invited me out to a kickball game with some of the friends from the church. So I went out to the kickball game. I saw how much joy that those people had. I didn't even really know most of the people there, but they, they seemed to care about me. And I, I saw that that was something I didn't have. So I. Standing here today, it's obvious which path I chose. Um, For me, giving up that control meant that I could have hope in something more in the future. Um, Now I I have an amazing wife, a beautiful daughter. My wife and I um, teach kids' church every Sunday, and we we lead a youth group every week as well. Um, So when I chose to give up 
my thoughts about who I thought God was my entire life changed after that. It's pretty awesome. cool. Awesome. Those are, incre- those are real stories. That's amazing. That happens. It's happening to a lot of you. I just don't know you as well as I know them, so I had them come. Um, I am not a slave. I do not have to be in control. Um, I'm not being in control, I heard a guy say one time, I know two things. There is a God. You're not him. It's pretty simple. If you can just know those two things, he's real. I'm not him. I'll do what he says. Maybe that's the third thing. But it's, it's two big thoughts that will control your life and will control your thought life if you can't wrap your head around it. And I want to dig in a little bit deeper than that, too, because I think external change is great. We obviously, that's what, maybe that's why you're here, is you're like, man, my life is bad, and I need it to change. Internal change in your thoughts is good. It's, it's, it's what sustains it. And, and I think there's something a little deeper that, um, that Paul keeps hinting at, and that Jesus keeps hinting at when they're, when they're talking. And um, if we look at this verse in Matthew, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. Why don't we see more of that? Like why, like you look at the disciples' lives, how come they're not talking about how Peter cut off his hand because he sinned or Paul gouged out his eye? Like they, they, just, they didn't do that. And like I know a lot of you here really, really love God, and I don't see, I haven't heard any story, that'd be crazy, any stories of anyone in this church doing, like, cutting out, cutting off their eye, and I know we sin, I know, like, why doesn't that happen? Like, is, the first answer maybe is, it's a metaphor, Ryan, it's a metaphor, he's just speaking an allegory, and you need to understand how things are, I don't think that's it. Um, I think it's more of a question. I think it's more of a question. He says, if, if your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. By all means, do those things, if that's the cause of your sin. That's how serious we should be about our sin. If, whatever it is, if it's, if it's my job that's really causing me to sin, if it's my hand, I need to get away from that. But if it's my eye, it's gotta go. The problem with that is I've got another eye. If it's my hand, it's gotta go. But the problem is I've got another hand. So what is it that really causes us to sin? What is it that's really drawing us towards sin that's pulling us away from God? And it's not my hand, and it's not my eye, it's our heart. The heart, over and over again in the Bible, the heart causes, this, causes sin. And it says in Jeremiah, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. That's why trying to do the right thing doesn't really work because you can't cure your heart. That's why trying to just think the right thing doesn't really work because you don't have the cure for your own heart. Are you with me on this? The question is where, where is our heart leading us? Is, is it, it's, it's going, like when you were created, you were created to worship. You were created to follow. You were created to be led and preferably by God. That was his design, that we would, we would latch onto him, we would adore him, and we would follow him with everything we have. And the heart will do that, but it also will latch onto anything else that it can, and it'll grab onto whatever it can. Anything that, that, that catches your eye, that, that, that grabs your hand, that gets your attention, it wants to grab onto that thing and make it an ultimate thing. Make it the most important thing to you, that it will deceive you into thinking this is what's good. Even 
even good change, even trying to be a good person, even trying to, to do good things and give a lot of money, like these are all great things. Like growing up, I was the good brother of me and my brother. Not really, but that's what it looked like. And because um, I wanted to be the one that everyone thought, hell, he's a good guy. Like that's what my heart wanted. And I wanted to be seen that way. And really, if you knew me, we can talk later about that. I don't have a lot of time for it right now because it would take a long time. Um, it's not so good. My heart was grabbing onto things just so that I could look good. And maybe you felt the same way, but everyone's got their own thing they should or shouldn't do. And, and God has something completely different in mind for us, that he wants us to grab onto him. His desire for us, you can see it in Ezekiel. And this is an incredible verse. This is, I, I know I'm not supposed to turn around, but I feel like this is just so good. I want you guys to see that. It's, Ezekiel 36 says, I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. Is your heart following after other people? Do you so want the desire of others and the approval of others? You so don't want to be rejected? God's saying, no, I want to take you out of that. Get away from all the other people. I want you to follow me. I don't want you after that anymore. I want to take you back in the place that I designed for you, the place that I had you, the place that I want you to follow me to. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. Are you so trying to be good and so trying to clean up all the horrible things in your mind and in your heart? You're so trying to do all the right stuff so everyone thinks you're good so you feel clean again? It doesn't work. And maybe you're just now trying to start doing those good things. It doesn't work. I've had years of trying and realized it does not work. God wants to clean us from our impurities. Take us away from those idols that our heart, want, our heart wants to make. He says, I will give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll remove from you your heart of stone, and I'll give you a heart of flesh. Man, he says, I will give you a new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. You come alive when he does that, a new spirit, a new heart, and it's no longer me trying to fight against what I want to do, but when I turn back to him and say, my heart is yours, then all of a sudden, his spirit and my heart want the same thing. It's really cool. I don't have any other words for that. <laughs> and it seems like, oh, that's good, yeah, easy enough. Okay, God, have my heart. It'll be simple. It'll be so much easier than just trying to do the right thing all the time. I'll just give you my heart and you'll make me good. And think about what's actually happening. He's taking out your heart and he's putting, it's a heart transplant. That's painful. That's got a, it's not an easy thing. I've, I've gone through it. I know people that go through it daily. I, it's hard when your heart latches onto something to say, okay, take that off of that, put a new heart in. That is one of the most painful, hard experiences that you can go through. It, it, you know, the, um, the thing it reminds me of, I want to just wrap this up because, we, like I said, we can try to do all the things we want to do. We can try to think the right things and positive self-talk and think positive whatever, all the chicken soup for the soul type books that my mom made me read when I was a kid. <laughs> it doesn't last. It won't work. And I, and I, I see it in my son, and Caden my, my, is seven years old, and when I tell him what to do, 
He'll do it because he's obedient, and he'll, he'll change. And when I teach him how to do something, he'll learn it. And when I, when I discipline him, he'll stop. Like, he does these things, but what really changes him and what, what, what is the most incredible thing is we get down on the floor and we wrestle and we fight each other and he kicks me and he jumps off the top of the couch and I throw a pillow and I hit him in the head and he, he almost cracks his head open on the side of the TV stand thing and Grace is freaking out because she's like, you're going to hurt him. And, <laughs> but something changes in that boy when we wrestle. And maybe it's different for you and your dad. Maybe you didn't have that. But something changes when we wrestle. It's no longer, okay, I'm going to do that because it's the right thing. But there's a boldness and there's a confidence that come out of him. There's something that changes inside of him where he knows I'm invincible. I can do it. When I let him pin me, when he takes me down and tackles me, like at any moment I could say, no, we're done. Go play with your sisters. Oh, we're done. Go color. Go to your room. But when, he, when we're Man, when we're like just in the thick of it, fighting it out, wrestling it out, something comes alive inside of him. It's no longer what he should do, what he shouldn't do, but he's, his heart is changing. And it, I think that's, that's the answer, is if you're going through something, you know you need this heart change, we, we have to start wrestling with God. We have to start wrestling with Father. We say, I don't know what else to do. Why am I going through this? I don't know what else there is possible. I've done everything. I say the right things. I do the right things. Why haven't you? And just start being honest with him. Paul was brutally honest about himself. And we think we can just fake it and just say, I'm going to do this, and I'll do this, and I'll just, I'll put on the mask. I'll, I'll put on the filter. I'll, I'll put a new marketing campaign for myself. I'm a new person today. It doesn't work like that. We have to wrestle with our Father. And just let's close this out. I want to pray for you guys. Um, stand with me. We'll pray. The, the thing that, that's so incredible with me, to me, <laughs> the, thing, the thing that is so incredible to me when I'm wrestling with my boy is it made me, the other day, we're just, it was three days ago maybe, and we're wrestling, and I felt like God said, that's what I did for you. As I went down, I wrestled with you. I could have walked away. And Jesus will wrestle with your sin. And he, was, he allowed himself to be pinned. He allowed himself to be pinned down to the cross. And he could have got up any time and said, no, I'm done with you. You got to deal with that on your own. You need to grow up. You need to do this. You got to start thinking this. You got to start doing that. He could have done that at any moment. He had every right to. And he, he allowed himself to be pinned to the cross so that he wouldn't, so we could have victory. You know, and as is it safe? No. Is it easy? No, but it's good. And he's the king. And that's all that matters. So let's pray. Father, I thank you so much that you get down in our lives with us and you wrestle with us. That you don't just put a whole bunch of rules on us and say, this is how you have to live. I'll see you later. I hope you make it. But you come down here and you've, you've shown us the standard by the way that you've lived You've shown us the standard by, by how much you love us and you passionately pursue us and love us. And we need that more. God, let us do all the right things. We want that. Let us think all the right things. We need that. But more than anything else, we need your heart. We need your, we need your spirit. God, every day, Take out my heart of stone and give me a heart of flesh. Put a new spirit in me. 
so that I can change. In Jesus' name, amen. Guys, I want to um, challenge you real quick. If you are, um, if you're a believer and you, you believe in Christ, then get with somebody this week, if it's in a small group, if it's at Thanksgiving with your family, get with somebody and tell them, this is what needs to change, and I can see my heart latching onto something, and I don't want it to go, I don't want it to go that way. Tell somebody about it. If you don't have anybody, come talk to me afterwards. I'm here, I'll, I'll talk to you, and I'll call you. Um, I'll, I'll do it. Um, if you're not a believer, and you're trying to change your life, and you're trying to make it right, it won't last, it won't work. You need Christ, you need the heart change. Make a change. Get down and wrestle with him. And I'm just gonna keep talking if I don't stop. So go have a good day. I love you guys. Thank you for coming. Bye.